Well, we're going to read from the Bible together now, and we're going to turn to the New Testament letter of Colossians. We're turning to Colossians chapter 1. Uh, you'll find our reading on page 983 of the Pew Bibles, page 983. We're going to read from Colossians chapter 1, and we're reading verses 1 to 14. And then later in our service, we're going to be thinking about these verses together. So Colossians chapter 1, reading verses 1 to 14, it's page 983 in the Pew Bibles. And as we read, we remember that this is God's word to us. Colossians 1, beginning at verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope led up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel which has, which has come to you, as indeed the whole world, it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you, since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Amen. And we thank God for his word to us this morning. Well, let's take our Bibles and turn to Colossians chapter 1. Uh, we're going to think for a few moments about the verses that we read earlier in our service. You'll find our passage on page 983 of the Pew Bibles. Uh, before we think about this passage together, though, let's pray for a moment. Father, we thank you that Jesus is our King, and we pray that in these moments we would bring glory to him. He is worthy of our attention, of our focus, and we pray that you would come by your Spirit and help us to give ourselves to to looking at your word, to studying it together, applying it to our lives and taking it to heart. Be with us in these moments and may all glory be brought to Christ, in whose name we pray, amen. Well, this morning we're meeting at the beginning of a new year. 364 days are before us, or so we hope. Uh, one of the most humbling things about being a human being is that we don't have access to the details about our future. None of us know what this year will bring. 
we have hopes and, and dreams and aspirations, but in very simple terms, the, the Bible says that none of us know what is around the corner. That, that said, we often have plans as New Year dawns. Uh, New Year provides us with, uh, with a clean slate. We, we, we look forward with expectation to the things that we'll do and the people we'll see. What, what, what is on our agenda for 2023? We perhaps hope to carry out some work on our homes. We're maybe plan, planning to change the car. We're thinking about starting a relationship or ending a relationship or formalizing a relationship. It could be that we're thinking about where we're going on holiday already. I don't know if you noticed the adverts for beach holidays. They started on the evening of Christmas Day. Seems very, very early. Or it might be that we're thinking about exercise and fitness. Uh, that's something that's on my agenda. It didn't run very much in 2022. And I'd like to run some more in 2023. And I'm hoping to start again this week. What, what, what is on our agenda for 2023? It's a good question to ask because it's one of those diagnostic questions for our hearts. You know the way if your car breaks down, uh, it's not as straightforward now as it used to be. In days gone by, you just took the car to the mechanic and he fixed it. But if your car breaks down now, the mechanic has to run diagnostics to find out where the problem is and what needs fixed. The question, what is on our agenda for 2023, is a diagnostic question for our hearts. Here we are at the beginning of another year. We might have plans from a material or physical perspective about the things that we're going to do. But what is on God's agenda for the year ahead? Is it the case that Jesus came and died so that we might have a nice, comfortable life? Change the car, do up the house, go on the holidays, spend time on our physical appearance? Do you know what's outrageous that we would even think or even consider that thought? God's agenda is, is very different to ours. And it isn't focused on the stuff that we so often focus on down here. This morning we're turning to the start of the New Testament letter of Colossians. This is a one-off sermon for the start of the new year. But what Colossians 1 provides us with is God's agenda. God's agenda throughout the course of history and God's agenda for the next 364 days. But before we dive into the opening verses of Colossians, let me just say a brief word or two about the letter as a whole. It's written by the Apostle Paul, as you can see from verse 1. It's a snappy little letter that is just four chapters long. Chapters 1 and 2 are mainly doctrine in terms of content. Chapters 3 and 4 are mainly the practical outworking of the doctrine explained in the opening two chapters. Paul wrote the letter to Christians in the small city of Colossae. The letter was probably written around the, time, the same time as Ephesians because the content and structures of both are quite similar. The church at Colossae started while Paul was in Ephesus. During this time, a native of Colossae called Epaphras more than likely traveled to Ephesus and responded to Paul's preaching. Epaphras then went home and began telling people about the gospel and about Jesus and his ministry and evangelism led to the beginning of a church there. From chapter 4, verse 12, we learn that Epaphras is with Paul in Rome and has told him about a dangerous teaching threatening the church at Colossae. We're not quite sure what the dangerous teaching was, but Paul writes this letter to respond to the situation and to encourage believers in Colossae to continue in their walk with the Lord Jesus. 
Like many of the opening chapters of New Testament letters, Colossians 1 is, is beautifully crafted and it's full of rich spiritual treasure. But, but, but it also tells us what's on God, God's agenda for 2023. But what we're going to see as we look at these verses is that there are two things on God's agenda. First of all, transferring people from darkness to light. And secondly, transforming people from sinners to saints. That's the simple agenda God has for the year ahead. It's striking that God's agenda is very different to ours and it isn't focused on the stuff that we so often focus on down here. Let's consider the first item on God's agenda then, transferring people from darkness to light. The, the, the opening part of Colossians reveals Paul's love and, and pastoral heart for believers in Colossae. He describes what has happened to them and of how they have come to know and trust in the Lord Jesus. He talks about their faith in Christ Jesus and of how they have heard the word of truth, the gospel. But the most arresting description of what God has done in their lives, it comes in verses 13 and 14. Just look at what Paul writes. He says, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. God has moved people from Colossae who were living in darkness into light, into his kingdom. Verses 13 and 14 are, are theologically rich. They tell us about the divine transfer that God has accomplished through Jesus and also give us an insight into the scope of our redemption. The divine transfer that God has accomplished moved the Colossians from the domain of darkness, the, the, the realm of Satan and the powers of evil, into the kingdom of God. Jesus spoke about his kingdom in the Gospels, and it's the same kingdom here. By nature, from birth, we are spiritually dead. We live in and love the darkness instead of the light of God's truth. But when we come to believe in Jesus, when, when God draws us to himself and brings us to faith in Christ, we move from being spiritually dead to being spiritually alive. When we turn to Christ, our sin and rebellion is transferred to Jesus and Jesus' perfection and righteousness is transferred to us. Now, notice how it happens for the Colossians. Epaphras brought the word to them, verse 7, and they turned to Christ in faith, verse 4. This is how the transfer happens. The faithful proclamation of the gospel to people who are outside of Christ. Verse 14 also gives us a sense of the scope of redemption. Redemption means deliverance or liberation. Through the gospel, our past sins have been removed, our present sins have been dealt with, and our future sins have been atoned for. How was that achieved? It was through God's beloved Son. It was achieved through his cross. The cross that is foolishness to the world, but the power of God to those who are being saved. The first item on God's agenda is transferring people from darkness to light. He transferred the Colossians from darkness to light. He has transferred many of us from darkness to light. And in 2023, there will be more divine transfers. Top of God's agenda for the year ahead is working in people's lives and bringing them to trust in him. But Paul hints at this in verse 6. You'll see that he says that the gospel, the Colossians heard, has spread over the whole world and that it is bearing fruit and increasing. 
The first readers of the letter had a limited understanding of what the whole world was. The first readers would have understood this to mean that the gospel has spread into the whole known world. In those days, the known world was the Roman Empire and the surrounding regions. At the time of writing, the gospel had spread from Jerusalem into Syria, Asia Minor, Greece, Italy, and probably Egypt, North Africa, and Persia. We might be living in days of of spiritual declension, a day of small things spiritually in Northern Ireland, but but God is working in other parts of the world. A national newspaper ran a fascinating article over the Christmas period about how God is working in Ukraine. Well, it wasn't written in that way, but listen to this. The number of people in Ukraine asking for Bibles has more than doubled since Russia invaded last February. The Ukrainian Bible Society distributed 136,767 Bibles in 2020, but in the first nine months of 2022, so not even the whole year, the first nine months of 2022, they had distributed 359,000 Bibles. The article said that, that living surrounded by death has caused people to ask questions about life. What's clear from those figures is that God is working by his word to transfer people from darkness to light. That's because transferring people from a spiritual perspective is top of his agenda. It always has been, it always will be. This Christmas, many of us watched with interest, I'm sure, the first Christmas broadcast from King Charles III. It was a fascinating insight into how he is going to speak about faith. The late queen was open and direct about her personal Christian faith. She pointed to Jesus as her saviour. But King Charles expressed his intention to be defender of faith, not defender of the faith. And that was made clear in his speech as he specifically mentioned the five main faiths in Britain, Christianity, Judaism, Islam, Hinduism, Hinduism and Sikhism. The, the, the broadcast didn't communicate the gospel in any meaningful way, but that's because the exclusive message of Christianity isn't popular today. For someone to say that God is transferring people from one religion, which is darkness, to another, which is light, would be highly offensive. The world isn't interested in God's agenda. We shouldn't be surprised at that. And we shouldn't expect the state, including the monarchy, to do the work of the church. It's the church's task to shine the true light into the darkness of a fallen world by proclaiming the gospel. That's what Epaphras did. He heard the gospel in Ephesus. He took it home to Colossae and that gave birth to a church. God transferred people from darkness to light. Are we praying that he would do the same thing in our church family? Are we praying for opportunities to speak about his grace The first item on God's agenda is transferring people from darkness to light. The second item on his agenda is transforming people from sinners to saints. When someone is transferred, God's work is not done. It's not that God saves us and then walks away and and tells us to figure things out ourselves. Not at all. The good news of the gospel is that when God saves us, he comes and dwells in us by his Holy Spirit. And as well as that, we have a new way of living as we live for him. The the opening chapter of Colossians speaks about a life that is pleasing to God. If we are Christians, 
We can please the Lord by how we live. We should be aware that having transferred us, God is working to transform us to the likeness of his son. In verses four and five, Paul mentions that the Colossians have faith, love, and hope. Paul spoke frequently of the importance of these three Christian virtues. They are foundational to the Christian life and they're virtues that the Lord is working in us to strengthen us, deepening our faith, increasing our love, expanding our hope is how he transforms us. And it's all done by his word. That's how the Colossians were transformed. They were transferred through Epaphras' proclamation of the gospel. And they were transformed as they continued to hear the gospel after their transfer. We also know that transforming people from sinners to saints is on God's agenda. But because of Paul's prayer in verses 9 to 12... He says that since he heard about them coming to faith, he's been, he's been praying that they might be spiritually wise, that they might walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, and that they might bear fruit in every good work. He prays that the believers in Colossae might be transformed. The work that God is doing in our world today is in people and through people. And there are a couple of layers of application for us as we consider that. There's application for us as individuals. Does our agenda for 2023 fit with God's agenda? He wants to transfer people. He wants to transform people. Are we interested in either of those things? Do we want either of those things? If you're a Christian, you should want to be transformed. You should want to become more like your savior. You should want to make progress as a saint rather than living as a sinner. We, we often make New Year's resolutions at the start of January. Instead of, instead of resolutions, he, he, here are some questions that you might want to think about in order for God to continue his work of transformation in you. Here, here are the questions. What, what, what are two things that you need to cut out of your life right now? How, how can you make more time for people? How will you grow in God's word how should you adjust your daily rhythms? The, the, the other layer of application that we need to consider is the growth of other believers. But Paul prays for the spiritual growth of Christians in Colossae. Are we asking others to pray that for us? Are we praying that for other people in our church family? We pray for people who are sick, and that's important. We pray for people who are facing hard times, and that's important. We pray for people who aren't saved, and that's really important. But we often forget to pray that God would transform us. Growth in the Christian life matters. We we, we want to continue to make an impact on those around us for for his kingdom. Doesn't it follow that we need to give careful thought to how we are going to grow so that we might glorify the Lord? C.S. Lewis has a terrific illustration which which helps us understand this more. He says, imagine yourself as a living house. God comes in to rebuild that house. So God transfers us into his kingdom. The house was ruined, derelict, good for nothing. God comes in and rebuilds it, makes it new, but continues to work on it after it's been made new. Lewis writes, at first perhaps you can understand what he's doing. He's getting the drains right, stopping the leaks in the roof and so on. You knew those jobs needed doing, so you're not surprised. But presently, he he starts knocking the the house about in a way that hurts abominably and does not seem to make any sense. 
So God transfers us and then he begins his work of transformation. But it's not what we expect. It's not as easy as we imagined it would be. Lewis finishes in this way. He says, well, what on earth is he up to? The explanation is that he is building quite a different house from the one you thought of. Throwing up out a new wing here, putting on an extra floor there, running up towers, making courtyards. You thought you were being made into a decent little cottage. But he is building a palace. He intends to come and live in it himself. Do you know, so many of us are content at being cottages. We say, God has saved me. That's enough. I am happy enough as I am. But that's not his plan for us. He's working to make us beautiful, more like his son, more like himself. He's actively working to transform sinners into saints. Are we open to him working in the way that C.S. Lewis talks about in 2023? Are we open to God working in a way that might hurt, might be painful, might be difficult, but might be for our good? Growth in the Christian life matters. We need to give careful thought to how we're going to grow so that we can bring glory to him. So how does your agenda for 2023 fit with God's agenda for 2023? Do the two line up side by side or is there a bit of a disconnect? Here we are at the beginning of another year. We might have plans from a material or physical perspective about the things that we're going to do. But what is on God's, uh, what is on God's agenda for the year ahead? Well, first, he wants to transfer people from darkness to light. And secondly, he wants to transform sinners into saints. God's agenda is very different to ours. And it isn't focused on the stuff that we so often focus on down here. His agenda is an agenda of grace. Showing grace to people who have never experienced it before. Showing grace to people who have experienced it but need more of it. Grace is what saves us. And grace is what keeps us. Today is a very significant day for a reason that you probably don't know. It's significant because it's the first day of 2023, but it's significant for another reason. Today is a bit of a milestone in church history. On the 1st of January, 1773, exactly 250 years ago today, the hymn that we know as Amazing Grace was sung for the first time in Olney in England. For the last 250 years, it has been sung in churches, played at funerals, and recorded thousands of times by singers like Elvis Presley and Johnny Cash. We're going to sing it in just a moment. Johnny Cash often sang the song in his prison concerts, and he described it in this way. He said, for for the three minutes that that song is going on, everybody is free. It just frees the spirit and frees the person. The story of the man who wrote it is well known, John Newton was a sailor who was transferred from darkness to light after a storm at sea. He was eventually transformed from a slave trading ship captain into a Christian minister. Newton wrote many hymns, but before he left this scene of time, at the age of 82, he wrote down what he wanted chiseled on his grave. And this is what is chiseled on his grave, the words that he wanted. John Newton, once an infidel and libertine, a servant of slaves in Africa, was by the rich mercy of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, 
preserved, restored, pardoned, and appointed to preach the faith he had long labored to destroy. Preserved, restored, pardoned. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. That, that, that's us being transferred. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieved. That's us being transformed, isn't it? And those are the two things that are on God's agenda this year. Transferring and transforming. As we prayed this morning, we stand at the gate of the year. 364 days are before us, or so we hope. One of the most humbling things about being a human being is that we don't have access to the details about the future. None of us know what this year will bring. We have hopes, dreams, aspirations, but in very simple terms, we, we just don't know what's ahead. We have our agendas, our things to do, but is our agenda in line with God's agenda if we're believers? Are we going to be active in telling people about Jesus so that people can be transferred? Are we going to be purposeful in our own growth and walk with the Lord? What, what if you're here this morning and you're not a Christian? It's quite something that for 250 years, the church has been singing about the amazing grace of God. 250 years of amazing grace. It's a great hymn. We all love it. It's amazing that the church has been, been singing it for so long. But the thing is, if you don't know Jesus, if you've never trusted him, then that same old restoring, pardoning, transferring grace is available this morning, just as it has been for 250 years. If you would repent of your sin and turn to Christ, you would know his transferring and transforming power. We stand at the gate of the year. This morning, you have the opportunity to put your hand into the hand of God. If you haven't already, will, will, will you turn to him? Will you trust him? And will you find him to be the God who transfers people from darkness to light and the God who transforms people from saints to sinners? Let's pray for a moment together. Father, we thank you for your word to us. We thank you that you are the God who is active in our world, that you're working in and through people. We praise you that you're actively working to transfer people from darkness to light. And we pray that in 2023, many people in our church family, in our area, would experience that divine transfer. We would come to know Jesus in a real way for the first time. We also thank you that you're the God who is, is working in our lives if, if we've trusted you, if we know you. And we pray that in the year ahead that you would continue to transform us and continue to make us more like Jesus. However painful that may be, Lord, help us to know that you're always working for our good and for your glory. We pray that we would line up our agenda with yours, that we would focus on these things in 2023 that we would pray for people to be transferred and we would pray that you would transform us as well. And we ask and pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.